Live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. So I was going to say that Doug Brown doing the ESPN Sports Center update there kind of stole my thunder with the two NFL stories that I was going to lead with. But I'll tell you this. We're on the same page. Let's put it that way. Uh, we both, you know, obviously identified Joe Burrow as a significant story back practicing with Cincinnati as we start the 5 o'clock hour of the huddle talking uh, some NFL. And, um, you know, he hasn't done anything since that first week right of camp really the first couple days of training camp when he strained that calf guess the date and looking at it now july 27th so that is really welcome news for the cincinnati bengals and um you know we'll see you know when he's back full go is he going to be ready for the opener um we'll see for for cincinnati but that's that's big news for them because they don't you know they don't have a whole lot in their in their backups, Jake Browning and and Will Greer, who they just signed Wednesday, he was released by the Cowboys. Uh, part of that whole Trey Lance thing and Dak Prescott thing in Big D with Dallas. Uh, so Joe Burrow being back uh, is a welcome sight for the Bengals. They will have to be very careful with that. You don't want to re-injure that kind of a that kind of an injury. And it's been a while already, right? So it was the start of training camp. It's been a solid five, almost six weeks now that he's been recovering. So, you know, certainly the Bengals hope he's going to be all right and will be ready to go. The other one was the Jonathan Taylor story and, you know, where he could still be traded to moving forward. And I guess the Dolphins, our guy Robert, Robert Ole, he's the big Dolphin fan, was um, top of the list of teams that were interested in getting him from the Colts. And then the Packers kind of came to fruition as another team. I think both of them legitimately should be interested in Taylor. You know, assuming they can, you know, make him happy and the payment works out, I could see him going to either – and he's healthy. I mean, I know he's on the pup the first four weeks of the season, so he's not going to play anyway. Um, but I think those are two teams that, that could actually use him. I don't think they're running back rooms – in either of those cities are all that great. Robert could disagree with me if he wants to, as a Dolphin Dave, as a Miami fan. And then Green Bay kind of needs a shot in the arm here, right? I mean, the loss of Aaron Rodgers, all of that, I, I would think, and I don't think their running back room is all that great either in, in Green Bay. So if they could get a healthy and happy Jonathan Taylor, he could be a pretty good player now. Um, those are two teams legitimately that I think I, I understand why they would have reached out uh, to see about his his availability. So, uh, so there's a couple of the top stories on the NFL docket, and then kind of what we we surmised was going to happen did happen. You know, we we all look at this 53 man roster, and it's not even close to being the end all. We talked about that yesterday. Obviously, like the Eagles roster is not finalized. They don't have a punter. They're going to go out and get a punter, make sure of that, and their roster will change. And other teams will do the same thing. And then a lot of these guys that got cut, uh, some of that was a paper move, and they're winding up on practice squads. The The Patriots re-signed both of those quarterbacks, Malik uh, Cunningham and uh, uh, Zappi. 
back onto the practice squad. So they've still got him. So a lot of that was a lot of kind of hot air. And these guys are still uh, with their teams just on the practice squad. But they could be bumped up as, as we get closer to, to opening day and once the season starts, uh, certainly. So those were a couple of the deals today. Burrow back practicing. Uh, the trade rumors on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, some of the guys who were re-signed to practice squad uh, are all out there. We'll get into some of the commander's uh, stuff as we move along as well. All right, 505 on the sports huddle, 804-327-0888. That's our phone number. It's also our text line. Bob Black with you here, hosting remotely on a Wednesday afternoon. AJ in our ESPN Richmond studios, behind the glass on the producer's booth. There he is. I love that sound effect. You we need su- more sound effects. You were supposed to just keep going. It wasn't supposed to abruptly end the show. Oh, sorry. I missed that one. All right. I will next time. Um, scared me for crying out loud. Sorry. I like, I like the sound effects. I like them. All right. So uh, WIP in Philadelphia has Chuck from Mount Airy. We have Reggie. He's our Chuck. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Oh, I did it again. You're our Chuck from Mount Airy, Reggie. Hey, anything that makes the show great, hey, I'll sit back and listen to it. No, you make the show great. <laughs> you, the callers, make the show great. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to send my condolences to Morgan State head coach um, Wilson. His father passed this week, so he's going to oh, be coaching no. the town with a heavy heart. Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, his father passed. I had not yeah, heard that, the, Reggie. No, I appreciate you, yeah. all seriousness. Appreciate that. We yeah. talked to him. We talked to him, our TV crew, Monday at noon. So, yeah. And it happened after that, I would assume. My goodness. No, it happened over the weekend. So wow, you know, you're he's kidding. With a heavy heart. No, I, I like. No, I feel terrible that we sat there talking football. Now with that, uh, that's well, wow. No, Coach Wilson was a class act, and he yep. said you know, his father was one to go on. So, like I said, you know, he, he's a class act. So yeah. God bless him and his family and all Bowie Nation. Absolutely. So I hope, you know, they look out. No, but I thought it was interesting. The president of the Burger Go today on a radio talk show said that the old name, the R word, was not in consideration to be brought back. I did hear I that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts on that, big guy? <laughs> um, I, 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 I have no, I'm, I am not Native American. I have talked with several. The ones I have talked to have not considered it to be racist. I understand there's a faction out there that does. Um, I didn't think they needed to change the name. Uh, I'm telling you that right mm-hmm. now, but I don't have all the, I'm I'm not in their shoes, but I didn't think they yeah, needed to change the right. name, just like the Chiefs and the Braves and the Seminoles haven't changed their name. But I think it once you do it, Reggie, I think it's really hard to go back. And I, I, apparently they're not going to go back. Yeah, that's what we said today. And speaking of not going back, Skip Bayless, I don't know what the ham you think, but that show was a disaster. You had <laughs> I did not hear it. Three loud mouths on. Oh, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> he had Michael Irvin, he had Sherman, and he had Keyshawn Johnson. Oh. And Skip Bayless actually looked and said, I'm losing control of the show. Well, idiot, you should have never got that show together like that. The memes had were a person in shop. And that's what he gets. He gets exactly what he deserves. So, wow. you know, as far as I'm concerned, I hope the show goes down like the Hindenburg. I mean, <laughs> oh, what like he did, it should. Fox, if this is going to be their answer to ESPN, a.k.a. Stephen A. Smith, 
Go ahead and cancel the show. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> it is a joke. Wow. I started I, I hollering. Must admit, I don't listen much, and I certainly didn't hear that. And, and you're telling me yeah, social nothing. media lit up over that, huh, AJ? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I won't go into what uh, the common joke is of just several black guys around a white guy. Um, But it was. Yes, exactly. It is. Everyone knows. I I love everyone already. I love everyone except for one person. That is Skip Bayless. And it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. He's going to melt down by week three. It's going to be perfect. I I think he won't make it through the week. Wow. Mike Irvin showed up. I haven't been on TV for a while, so I had to get my act together. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. He could be done before the end of the week, I hear, huh? He did. I'm he looked you, mid- Just Google it, Bob. He There's pictures of him <laughs> looking so miserable. And, I mean, he already Distraught. looks miserable. Distraught. Yeah. How about Skip Bellas? No Skip Bellas. No Skip Bellas. <laughs> there you go. There you- That's not happening on this show. We will not look no miserable. Turn. We may sound Class miserable, back. but we're not going to look miserable. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Hall of Famer Sean, and also we have future Hall of Famer Bob Black. Well, hey, uh, get, let's go back to Title Town. I like the Title Town thing. Title Town. Well, yeah. you know, you, you got to defend the defending NFC champs, and I think you exactly. got an extra chance to make a run at the Super Bowl again this year. I hope so. Tougher schedule, but I, I hope so. Uh, Sean is nah. in tomorrow. But, hey, Reggie, Sean is in tomorrow, but only for the first half hour. He's got a high school game to get to. So if you want to catch him, catch him early tomorrow, all right? No, nah, he, he has too much too much information going on. I don't want to hold him up. All know? right. He all got right. too many things going on. He does have a lot yeah. going on. There's no doubt about that. All right, Reg. Thanks. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, all right. Try and check in with us tomorrow. Yeah, Sean Robertson from CBS 6, who does Thursdays with me, uh, which makes Thursday my favorite day of the week, obviously, and will be in studio. Uh, we'll be there for the first half hour, and then he's off to a Thursday afternoon high school football game, and you'll see highlights on Final Score Friday on CBS 6. All right. Uh, 11 after 5 on the Sports Huddle. Let's get you going, and we'll get you up to 6 o'clock this way this afternoon. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure he'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Which are brought to you by James River Air. If you're not confident in your heating and cooling provider switch to James River Air, you could save up to 30%. Uh, More information available online at jamesriverair.com. So I definitely misspoke. Um, when I put that challenge out there to myself at the end of the 4 o'clock hour when I said we weren't going to talk anything Philly, anything sports talk radio, or anything baseball. Well, two out of three ain't bad because uh, we are going to talk baseball in the 5 o'clock hour, and I knew that. But I, I'm not going to bring up Philly anymore, and I'm not going to bring up you know how great sports talk radio is. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> the truth of the matter is I messed up. So what else is new? Uh, but our 530 guest is Colin Selby, uh, the pitcher uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who got called up in early August, made his major league debut against the Atlanta Braves, uh, pitched at Randolph-Macon. I think he's the third ever Yellow Jacket to make it to the, to the uh, major leagues. And uh, amazing story. And we talked with him earlier this afternoon. So this one, again, this this one's on tape. Uh, what we like to call in the biz live on tape. I always loved that when I was in television. A look live. Well, this is a sound live without the alliteration. It sounds live, but it's not. 
uh, because they're playing the Royals tonight, and he's he's not going to pitch tonight because he pitched last night. But he's still got got things he's got to do and work out and and all of that. So we taped it with him a couple of hours ago, and really an amazing story because um, you know Division three baseball as good as it is, and Randolph Macon is about as good as it gets, and the ODAC at that level it's still a long shot. And he was like a 16th round draft pick. And almost gave up baseball and just followed in his dad's footsteps and went into the military, went to the Navy. And his dad and his coach, Ray Hedrick, kind of talked him out of it, uh, kept him on the straight and narrow, got him healthy, got him academically healthy, uh, had a great uh, junior season at Randolph-Macon and got drafted, led them to the the Division III College World Series. And next thing you know, here he is in the Major League. So really great story, uh, and we're going to talk with him. He comes up at 5.30 this afternoon and it is interesting what they're doing with him and we'll i'll talk with him about this but he is pitching just about every other day right now every two days every three days and the last two times he's been their opener uh a thing i'm not overly crazy about in baseball and that's these teams that you know when they don't have a legit starting pitcher they just do a bullpen game Uh, well they've kind of designated him as their opener on the bullpen games now, and he's done it twice, and he's done it very successfully. He hasn't given up a run in either one of them. So he pitches the first two innings, and he's pitched shutout baseball, but he goes one time through the order, or really less than one time through the order, and he's out of the game. So he can't get any wins doing that, but he is keeping his team in the game. He pitched the first two innings last night. Pirates beat the Royals 6-3. to three. So uh, Colin Selby from Chesapeake by way of Randolph-Macon and the Pittsburgh Pirates coming up in about 15 minutes at 530. 804-327-0888. We'll get you on the air with us. It's also our text line, 327-0888. All right, break time for us. We'll come back on the other side. We'd love to interact with you as we move along on a Wednesday afternoon. We have Braves baseball for you on our airways tonight at 825. First pitch at 840 in Colorado. In Richmond, this is the Sports Huddle, 1061 ESPN. This Saturday, the Spiders return home when UR opens their 2023 season at Robin Stadium versus Morgan State at 6 p.m. Don't miss any of the action on your home for Spider Athletics all season. 1061 ESPN Richmond. Hey, AJ, remember the story that was kind of a throwaway story at the end of our show yesterday that I brought up and you jumped right in because it involved uh, movies and the and the theater? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a bigger story than I thought it was. It's been all over the place today. Yeah. Uh, about, yeah, ESPN has worked an arrangement with the Theater Sports Network. Uh, we mentioned this yesterday. Televised ACC football games and um, the postseason. Uh, the, the college football playoff games in movie theaters. So you can go to the movie theater to watch the games on the silver screen, on the big screen. I, I, I admit it. I, I used it kind of as a little bit of a, uh, you know, what do we used to call that in the old days uh, at the end of the, the kicker? That's what it was. You remember that term? I, I do. Yes, like the kicker story at the end of the newscast or whatever. And I just kind of, you know, threw it out there at the end of the show yesterday but it's been a pretty big deal. Like, I've read a lot on social media about it today. And as it turns out, and I love localizing stories, you know that, uh, it's starting this weekend. And one of the first games they're putting on in the theater is Virginia and Tennessee. So wow. you could go to the movie theater somewhere. I don't know where. I guess somewhere in Charlottesville or maybe even in Richmond because I think we're considered the away market. 
And in this case, if I remember reading it correctly, and I'm looking at it now, if it's a neutral game, which technically this is, it would be available in both the home and away market. So the game's in Nashville. If you live in Knoxville, you could probably go to a movie theater, and I'll bet they'll get a crowd. And that's 11 a.m., by the way, there. Do you know, do you know which time. chain? I don't, actually. And I don't know what the up. theater sports network really is other than the distribution platform that is going to be giving these games to um, the movie theaters. So they got to get the they got to get the feed somehow. I'm going to go. I'll try and find a little more information on it. I think it's going to be a tough sell for Virginia in Charlottesville or Richmond or Lynchburg or wherever they would make it available as the away market in our area. I mean, it's a noon game on a Saturday when it's going to be 80 degrees and sunny outside and the game is readily available on ABC. Not even on cable or streaming, just on regular old ABC you can watch the so, game. So, I don't know. It's it's partnership with Cinemark, which Mark Cuban owns. I've done stuff with Cinemark. They um it's inter- interesting cuz they I thought they were going through bankruptcy. That's weird. Well, maybe this is a way for them to try and get out of bankruptcy. I'm looking at their website right now, and, I mean, they're doing a good job of promoting it. You know, if you go to theatersportsnetwork.com, and they've got a good trailer video going, college football at a theater near you, and uh, I'm, I, we're doing this in real time here, but I'm clicking on, and it actually you, starts with week two games. You caught this early. This is their campaigning to the companies. I don't think they've signed a deal yet. What do you mean? It's out there, right? It, yeah, but they're not showing. I'm I'm seeing nothing about what theaters. No, uh, that I did not see. But I did see a tweet from somebody, and again, I need to take a screenshot of it so I have it. There was a a short list of games this weekend, like four games, is, is all it was. And one of them was the Virginia Tennessee game that you could go to a theater and watch. But your question is valid. Like, what theater can you go to? And where? Like, is Richmond considered part of the away market? Because that's the deal here. They're only going to do it in the away market of the teams unless, as we said, it's a um, a neutral site game. Then they put it in both. So I don't know where you can go to watch it. Like, in Charlottesville or Richmond, I don't know if you can – where you could go to actually watch it. So, I don't know. I will be looking around while you guys talk. There you go. You, you do that, and I'm going to have the opportunity to do that as well because our guest at 5.30, as I mentioned, is on tape, so I, I could do that as well. I'm going to tell you guys, though, I'm a fast Googler and researcher. I'm yes, seeing nothing about uh, which participating theaters, which is interesting. Yeah. They made a big deal over the fact that theaters will be showing college football games, but they did not tell us where we could go. I'm even watch. looking in Charlottesville theaters. Yeah. Good luck with that. See what you can come up with. Um, again, we are kind of on the cutting edge of that. I think it's just getting started. And I actually think as we get later in the season and the weather changes and the games become more important uh, and rivalry games get set to be played, I do think then there's some validity to this. And I think it could be fun to go with a group to the theater. And like we said, they got to be able to you know serve beer and food and, and have a good time. It's just a big watch party, and you just get to watch it on the silver screen on the, big, on the movie theater. So the team has to be playing away, though, right? Correct. That's correct. uh... Yeah. So, like, well, I get that. They don't don't want to put it in a home market that doesn't normally sell out their games, and now you're competing kind of against yourself. Right. You're you're not wrong, but this blackout stuff is proven to not really do much for ticket boosts, in my opinion. Well, I agree with you. That does annoy me. 
from time to time. You're right about especially, that. Especially like when the Lakers play the uh, Wizards, I can't watch the game. Why not? Wait a minute. Yes, you can. It's blacked it's a, out. No, no, well, no. Several, several Wizard games get blacked out, especially with big games. And what am I going to do? Drive two hours to watch it? I'm not in that market. Well, yes, number one, you are. But number two, some of that depends on the platform on watch on what which you are watching it, and they're protecting the rights, the television rights of the media outlets. And I, I do kind of understand that. But, like, I don't have a game of the Wizards blacked out because I have good old-fashioned cable, and I have good old-fashioned NBC Sports Washington that's going to become Monumental wow. Sports Network here in the next few, few minutes. And I'm going to be able to watch that game. But have, you're probably not getting it because you're watching it on a streaming service of your choice that is, has it blacked I out. I have League Pass. That, sh- that alone should afford me. Well, no, alone. there's your answer there. That's because they are protecting NBC Sports Washington in that case. That's my frustration with baseball, AJ. When the Phillies play the Nationals or the Orioles, uh, and by the way, the Orioles lost at home today, and if you happen to be listening on your way back from the Orioles game, thank you for tuning in. Hope the traffic isn't too bad on I-95. Wink, wink, nod, nod. It is. Of course, it always is. We don't need a traffic report uh, to tell us that, although we could get one because I know of at least one person who was at the Orioles game today and is trekking his way back to Ashland, as a matter of fact, and will be tuned in listening to the Colin Selby interview here in about four minutes or so. But that's my point. So when the Phillies play the Orioles or the Nationals, I have MLB.TV, but I can't watch it on MLB.TV because I get Masson, and I have to watch it on Masson. And I do think... As frustrating as that is, there is a little bit of validity to that in the market, in the footprint of the market of Masson. I do get that a little bit. A little little bit. A little bit. It still frustrates me. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, when uh, when Michael Lorenzen threw the no-hitter against the Nationals uh, three weeks ago, I was very frustrated that I had to listen to the Nationals announcers and not the Philly announcers because MLB.TV was blacked out here because we are in the market of Masson. How about so, this? In L.A., when COVID first hit, uh, they were still playing one or two Laker games or whatever, and they blacked out the Laker games. I couldn't – I wasn't well, allowed to go. That is stupid. That, that really is stupid. You're right. They needed to be extenuating circumstances, which they were, and an exception to that rule without it. It didn't matter. Everything shut down like about three weeks later. I know, but but that is kind of foolish to black out something of a game that's, you know, you can't go to even if you wanted to go to. Yes, I I couldn't agree with you more on that one. All right. Uh, Anyway, so if you guys and gals find a theater that's – carrying a football game we would we would be interested to know what theater it is we know they're doing it but we don't know what theaters actually will be hosting that i guess it would have to be in charlottesville um, for the virginia tennessee game all right we're gonna take a break when we come back as i said caught up with colin selbia and a shout out here to matt josephs he actually started um the conversation with the pirates and their pr people to get colin on and was just never able to work it out for matt to be able to have him on border to border or even to record the interview and the timing today was just better uh, for me to do it. And I was thrilled to, to do it, obviously. Uh, so Colin Selby, who's off to a great start, he's pitched in nine games. The last two as a starter for the Pirates, really the opener. He worked uh, a couple of innings and he is 1-0. and He's got a big league win under his belt and his ERA is at 4.97. And he's been pitching real well of late, and the opener role seems to be suiting him because he's pitched four innings in two opening games, and he hasn't given up a hit or a run or a walk, and he has struck out four. 
So that's been pretty good. He made his major league debut against the Atlanta Braves. How cool was that in Pittsburgh? Uh, pitched an inning in two-thirds, gave up a couple of hits, but no runs against the most vaunted lineup in Major League Baseball. And his family was in attendance. And Ray Hedrick, the head coach at, at Randolph-Macon, who coached him, was in attendance. And it was a very feel-good moment. All right, so we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll let you hear that conversation that I had with Colin uh, just a few hours ago. The Pirates are playing the Royals again tonight. Pittsburgh did win that game last night that Colin started. Obviously, he wasn't involved in the decision. They won that game 6-3. to three. So my conversation with Colin Selby, former Randolph-making Yellow Jacket, now of the Pittsburgh Pirates, is straight ahead on the Sports Huddle. College football returns to ESPN Radio. It's a top 10 showdown in Orlando, Florida, when fifth-ranked LSU goes head-to-head with eighth-ranked Florida State. This is what's so great about college football. These matchups, these brands. Coverage begins Sunday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. Pearson Month. Bob Black back with you. Sports Auto continues 1061 ESPN. Opportunity this segment to talk some baseball. And it's not every day that we get to talk to a major leaguer who is also from the Commonwealth of Virginia and played his college baseball just up the road, significantly enough, from our good friends at Randolph Making College, Coach Ray Hedrick, who we've had on this program many times before. He is Colin Selby, pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, joins us this afternoon. Colin, thanks for spending some time with us. How are you? Thanks for having me. Not bad. How about yourself? Doing great. Thank you. Really appreciate the time. So before we talk about your outing last night where you pitched the first two innings, helped the Pirates to a victory last night, can you take all of us back to uh, August 9th and that first game in the major leagues? Your family's in attendance. Coach Hedrick is there. You're playing the best team in baseball in the Atlanta Braves with arguably the best lineup in baseball, and you shut them out for an inning and two-thirds out there. What was that like for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, it was an exciting time. Um, just going out there and competing with what I've been competing with to get me to this point. Um, and then obviously having your debut be against one of the best teams in baseball um, just kind of shows you that you belong in that situation. Um, yeah, and just keep building momentum moving forward. Was there a moment in that game when when you had either that pinch me moment or that moment of okay I'm here I belong let's go do what I've been doing on the mound for year after year at whatever level it might have been? Yeah, I mean after the outing, I definitely felt as if I belonged. Um, I actually sit down every once in a while after a series or after an outing, traveling, whatever it may be, um, and I think while I'm in the big leagues. Uh, but I don't think that first day I really had that wow moment. Um, it just kind of happens every so often where it's like I take a step back and I realize, wow, I'm I'm really living out my dream. Um, but, yeah, I don't think on the first day it was kind of just like I made my debut. It didn't really hit me, and it, I guess Foley hasn't hit me yet. <laughs> Well, now you're up to nine appearances. And interestingly enough, Colin, the last two have come, um, you know, old-fashioned term starter, I guess the new vernacular opener for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and you throw a couple of innings. Uh, how, have you kind of, how have you kind of adjusted to that role with Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, a little different. Um, haven't done that in a while. Uh, at the end of the day, I just do what I'm told, keep throwing until they <laughs> tell me to stop. 
Uh, and consistently, you seem to have been run out there about every other day, looking back at your game by game. Uh, it's either every two days or every three days. How do you kind of feel about that, your arm strength, how you keep your body ready to go because you know you're going to get called upon that frequently? Right. I mean, I don't think there's really anything you can do to kind of prepare for a, a big league workload. Um, I will tell you the first week I was up, I definitely definitely was feeling a little bit, but my body was able to adjust um, throughout the last couple outings, weeks, um, and my body's recovering a little bit better. So just, I guess, reps, honestly, just being able to throw the ball consistently and just your body adapting to it. Yeah, absolutely. So far, so good. No doubt about that. Now, this has not been a straight line path for you to the major leagues. Can you kind of discuss it a little bit with us? This was kind of a connect the dots thing, right? From from high school in Chesapeake to Division three with with old with uh, Randolph Macon out of the ODAC. Um, there have been some injuries, other pauses for you, even in the college career before you get drafted. Um, what has that kind of maybe taught you about this whole process of getting to where you are today? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own journey, and mine was, like you said, just everywhere. Um, Being stubborn in high school, wanting to go to the big-time schools and kind of shutting down any opportunity in the D2 or D3 level and kind of learned the hard way that that probably wasn't going to be it. So I had to um, turn back around and reach out to those schools that I once ignored and thankfully had... Coach Hedrick and Coach Rhodes were still inviting me with open arms, so I ended up going to to Macon. I wouldn't change it for anything, and then struggled at Macon with school and whatnot. And I've talked to a couple different reporters and friends and teammates about the journey that I had, and my dad being in the military and sitting me down and telling me I don't want to pretty much waste this opportunity and I don't think that if my dad didn't send me in the garage what was it after my freshman year that I probably wouldn't be here today Hmm. how about from the uh, coach Hedrick perspective and how he potentially guided you through all of this because I know he was a a very proud guy sitting in the stands when you made that that major league debut and you talked about I guess CJ Rhodes is who you're referencing the assistant coach up there at Macon at the time but particularly coach Hedrick yeah I mean Hedrick also had I mean he was 50 50 when it comes to him just fighting for me and (laughs) to stay in school and how kind of like growing pains and every young athlete goes through it um but yeah he was just looking out for me and he helped me through a lot through freshman through junior year um so yeah between him and my family they were a good uh team going through my college career and getting me to where i am Colin, you referenced, you know, you've talked to some reporters about, you know, at that crossroads, let alone your family and coaches. And there is a fascinating story about your journey. Uh, It's on the Pirates website, and I was taking a quick read of it. How close do you think you really came to saying, I'm just going to go follow the military path and and go to the Navy, go into the Navy and, and not even, you know, give baseball that one more chance that fortunately you eventually did? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's, about as close as you could get. Um, 
remember taking summer classes that that uh, summer after my freshman year, and I think I took like two or three classes. And if I didn't get A's or B's on those classes, I was I was definitely probably getting yanked yanked out of school. So just being able to put the foot down and say enough's enough. And if I wanted to take this thing seriously, it was time to wake up. Uh, are you the type of guy who now would, would take those experiences and when a younger guy comes around or when you come home or maybe you visit back at, at Macon, you can kind of explain to them, you know, what this process can be like and to make sure you take advantage of everything all the way up to, I mean, you were a 16th round pick. So, you know, you had that right. also to, to battle with it. Even once you got to pro baseball, you were like uh, pick 474. I'm reading it off of your stat sheet now. That, that's a pretty amazing story, Colin. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely have no problem sharing that with somebody. And then at the end of the day, it just comes down to how much you want it. And I'll go back to the story in the garage. And I remember my, I see my dad tear up. And um, I thought in that moment that he kind of wanted that, that moment more than I did. So it's all about the individual and how bad you want it. And if you want it bad enough, then you should be able to make some sacrifices to get to that point. Uh, a couple more for you for Colin Selby, who's joining us on the sports huddle this afternoon with, with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, just the baseball part of it. How how much did Randolph making baseball kind of kind of help you? It is obviously Division Three. It's the ODAC. It's really good baseball at that level. We've talked about it a lot on this on this program. But but how much did that actually help you? Just on the field stuff to get where you are today. Uh, well, I think a lot of it came from a guy that came in. Uh, after my freshman year, Nick Roth, me and him kind of took on the role of one and two on the weekends and just being able to learn from each other and um, bounce ideas off each other just from outing to outing um, was huge. And, I mean, we were kind of on the same schedule from the time he got there to the time I left. So I think that was a big part. And then just had, uh, Coach Hedrick on the side of just, well, I mean, him and Rhodes, just create an environment for everybody to succeed in that program and they do it they they really do you were obviously an integral part of that uh when they went to the world series and they continue to win baseball games up there at ashland no doubt about that so let me finish up with the team you're on now um what about these pittsburgh pirates i mean this was a team that surprised a lot of people at the start of the season obviously before you got there and then they caught kind of hit a, a skid and now they seem to be playing pretty competitive baseball what's kind of the, the vibe the feel with the pirates as they try to build this thing beyond this year and into future years to get back to the postseason yeah i mean this is organization is definitely night and day better than when i got here in 2018 um i think they're making steps in the right direction um and it's cool to cool to be able to play with some of these guys that i've played through the system with i mean in Altoona and Greensboro, we got a good amount of guys that have debuted this year and have, are currently playing. So I'm excited to see where this goes in the future, and I think we're going to be in a pretty good spot. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're excited to uh, keep watching you as you get out there with the Pirates the rest of the All right, final segment of the Sports Huddle on a Wednesday, and I'm going to go to the phones to wrap this thing up this afternoon. 
and I, I trust my producer, AJ, and I hope this is legit, but he and I have been talking really yesterday and today about this ESPN endeavor to put many of its college football games, yes, up to 75 college football games this fall, on in movie theaters. Um, and they've partnered with an outfit called Theater Sports Network, and we really didn't know much about them. And we really don't know what theaters the games are going to be shown in. And AJ tells me we got Ron on the line from Theater Sports Network. Hello, ahead, Ron, Ron, and thanks for calling. Hey, yeah, uh, nice to be with you. Thanks for including me. Absolutely. Were you listening to our program? How did you stumble upon I, us? I just got a text from someone saying that uh, ESPN 106. Point one Richmond's trying to find out about you, so I thought I'd reach out and call. Well, this is great customer service. You're winning us over. Tell us a little more about this, and <laughs> if there are some fans and viewers that want to check it out, how they can go about doing this. What can you tell us? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, where do you want me to start? I think the best place to start is where, if I'm a Virginia football fan Saturday, and I saw on a list that the Tennessee-Virginia game is one of those games that will be a theater game. Where could a Virginia fan go to watch? Yeah. Well, I wish I could tell you that that game was going to be broadcast, so I'll give you a little bit of background. So we've been in negotiation with ESPN for the last eight months to get to where we are today. And as you saw, we saw that. We sent that press release out today, so we're a little bit behind uh, where we wanted to be. So now that we've got that contract in place, we're now going out and negotiating with uh, theaters to show the games. We won't have any week one games. It's ah. just too it's just too heavy of a lift to get there, and so we are we're probably going to roll these out. Um, Week by week, um, and we'll we'll have those on our website at theatersportsnetwork.com. But right now, I can't point you anywhere yet. But I think in the next few days, we should be able to. We'll have those on our website. And the games, the the thing that I would just caution the viewers or listeners is that these are going to roll out gradually, not all at once like we had hoped to. Well, I mean, I think that makes sense. I mean, it, it's a, a big thing that, you know, that you're biting off the chew here a little bit. And I am on your website right now, and it's actually doing a, does a pretty good job. And I mentioned this to AJ, my producer, earlier, that when you go to your website and you click on Upcoming Games, it does start with Week 2. So there's no false pretense. Yeah. And I don't know where I saw it. I saw it on Twitter. Can't believe everything you see on Twitter, that there were three or four games you were trying to get on this week and it didn't happen. But next week I'm seeing Notre Dame at North Carolina State and Texas A&M at Miami. So at least those are games you're yep. hoping to have in theaters next week, right, Ron? That's we're hoping to get them. We're hoping to get them up by then. All right. And any There's, idea what, what yeah. type of thing? Do you have to, like, uh, and I, I'm going a little inside business here probably, do you have to, like, negotiate with a, with, with Regal Cinemas or AMC Cinemas? Or how, how does that happen? Well, let me just say this, that we are talking to everyone that you've mentioned and, and some of that. We're finding that, um, so, I mean, we're talking to national chains for sure. Mm -hmm. all of the national chains, and have had in-depth discussions with them. And then we're also finding that some of our regional um, theater chains are very excited about doing it as well. And so 
the one thing we don't want to do is ruin the experience for the fan because we don't want to have a theater of 10 people in there Mm -hmm. that will not replicate the stadium experience we're trying to create. And so we'll just have to, we'll just have to, we'll roll these out and bring theaters on. And again, we have, yeah, we have a lot of interest. So right now we're just, it's just, you know, all all hands on deck, getting these theaters on board, and we will roll those out as quickly as we can. All right, a couple it more was, questions. Yeah, and then I know you. I know yeah. I got to run, and you'll have to run. Um, I assume there's there's a price point that you're probably uh, talking about for fans that would to, to enter the theater, and is it a typical yeah. theater stadium experience where you're hoping they can they can buy beer and popcorn and hot dogs and and make it a fan experience? Absolutely. And of course, that will vary by theater by theater. Most theaters sell alcohol. A lot of, I mean, some don't, but yeah, we're trying to replicate that in, in stadium feel. And um, so the, the price point, our suggested uh, retail price for the ticket is $30, but we don't have any control over that. That is really up to the theater. We cannot dictate what the theater sells the tickets for interesting interesting all right well that's great hey ron can you uh, what is your actual position with theater sports network and, and where are you calling from uh, where are you located I'm, I'm calling from salt lake city i'm the founder and ceo nice well we really appreciate it I, i'm glad somebody texted you and i'm glad you took the time to call us and kind of set us yeah. straight a little bit and uh we'll we'll keep talking about it we hope yeah, some of back, our regional ron. teams will be on on yeah the theater. we'll call back We'll call back as we get some more uh, theaters on board, and we'll talk some more. How's that? That's great. Ron, thanks. Hey, thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. So WIP of Philadelphia has Chuck from Mount Airy. We have Ron from Salt Lake City. Come on. Top that one, why don't you? Wow. The uh, CEO, in fact, of Theater Sports Network. Let's what are see the odds of that happening flies. when you played the Harper thing? What's that? What is the odds of that happening at the same time, the <laughs> same know. show you played the Harper thing? And now what I want to know is who was the person that texted Ron in Salt Lake City to call? This is really interesting. This is uh, FBI, NCIS kind of stuff here. I vote know. Derby Bill. He probably did Maybe, it. maybe. Yep, yep. That would be a good guess. All right. Well done today, AJ. Nice job. Way to, way to get that done today. Uh, thanks again to our guest, John Freeman, the voice of the Cavaliers, and then uh, Colin Shelby, uh, Selby of the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, talk to you tomorrow from studio. Sean Roberts in the first half hour. Feel good Thursday, Sports Huddle. We'll do it all over again. AJ, thanks this afternoon. And for you for listening and for calling. Uh, Braves baseball tonight at about 825 on 106.1 ESPN. Purchase new white.